everybody, and welcome to another episode of Not Another Gaming Podcast <laughs> Resurrection, Not Another Gaming Podcast Returns. Uh, not Another Gaming Podcast again. Oh, yeah. NAGP Returns is the Twitter. Yes, that's the Twitter. Which you should follow immediately. Yeah. Uh, not much going on there, because the... Joe's on sabbatical. The person who usually hosts this show is, uh, he's doing some stuff. He's just absent. And we don't know when he's going to be back or if he's going to be back. He's on a journey of self-discovery. But yeah, so I feel like I should take this time to, I guess, state that. Just announce that. Uh, My show... (laughs) Comes out never. Yeah, we're doing once a month, and I wanted to change it to, like, first of the month, or, or um, it was the last Thursday of the month, but uh, I got too caught up trying to figure out what to talk about, and uh, not that there's any regular listeners of that show, but I just wanted to, like, say that it might be... A minute? Yeah, it's going to be very irregular for that show, especially considering that now I'm having to host this show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not going to go away completely, but it might just be more like a when I feel like it thing. Um, kind of like a life well wasted, so that makes me feel better. Because <laughs> that's an amazing podcast that Robert Ashley insists that he's still working on. Yeah, that is a great show. But I think it's been years since the last episode of that. Probably. But anyway, with all that said, I guess let's get started with the news. Oh, wait. One last thing. I finally figured out some YouTube content. So um, I'm going to try and get it out by next month. I'll be talking about Grappler Baki, the series. Also, kind of, I think I may have a format for how I want to do it. But yeah, okay. look for the old Taku connection on Twitter. You'll have to... Run Not Twitter, over. sorry. YouTube. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to set that whole thing up. Because we have nothing set up for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do for the topic today? Uh, we're not going to talk about Catherine. Oh, Catherine? Okay, we can do that. Well, we've been putting that one off for months. <laughs> well, you brought it up like... A couple weeks ago, and I completely forgot, because I don't think we recorded that episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, okay, Catherine. Sounds good. Um, So look forward to that, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, on to the news. Uh, In all this restructuring, we're kind of a little bit behind, so some of this is a little bit old. But uh, So this is from Eurogamer. By Tom Phillips says, Nintendo NX is a portable console with detachable controllers. It also connects to your TV and runs cartridges. A number of sources have confirmed to Eurogamer that it will be a portable handheld console with detachable controllers. Mm-hmm. On the move, NX will function as a high-powered handheld console with its own display. So far, so normal, but here's the twist. We've heard the screen is bookended by two controller sections on either side, which can be attached or detached as required. Then when you get home, the system can connect to your TV for gaming on the big screen. A base unit or dock station is used to connect the brain of the NX within the controller to display on your TV. So yeah, that's 
that's the basics of that. Um, couple things, I guess. In regards to home plate, is there a separate controller that connects to this base? Apparently, I'm not sure how how confirmed this is, but apparently they're going to try and go back to cartridges on this one. Mm-hmm. Which, if they do, I, I don't know if I can speak for how well or not well it's going to work, but I, I like the look of it. It looks neat. Yeah, cartridges are cool. Yeah. In a, in a world of digital distribution, it's something physical to have. Yeah. Discs are kind of, they've always been cheap and flimsy and you like throw them away, but... Yeah, cartridges just look neat and yeah, they are hitting that nostalgia button. I have no shame. Yeah, a little bit. Um, what was I going to say about this? I can't remember. Uh, oh yeah, um, yeah, but the thing with cartridges is they don't... I guess storage is getting better and better, but I saw somewhere in there that it said like... Um, 32 gigs was mm-hmm. the estimated size on a cartridge, mm-hmm. which which isn't that big. Yeah. Um, for games these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which could mean we are dealing with another uh, console a little ways behind. Though it is a handheld. Yeah. So that could that could be the trade-off there too. Um, I want to say. Back in the day, when you know CDs were the new hotness, Nintendo was like, Nintendo was trying to justify the fact that the N64 still had cartridges. What they mentioned was that the sort of rendering speed of things was a lot faster, if not almost like instantaneous. Whereas yeah. you know, the CDs, it was all. I mean, the joke back then was, uh, turn on the game, loading, hit start, loading, yeah, push a button, loading. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that's going away uh, nowadays. Well, it's not that it's going to... Well, in a lot of ways, it's, it's gone away becoming, due to power. It's, it's but, getting closer and closer to imperceptible. But, yeah, there's also a lot of loading tricks being done. Yeah. Like having the I game mean, load during cutscenes and all that other shit. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten better at working around it, but it's also just like... It's just gonna be the loading times are gonna speed up so so much. Like we at this point, we have consoles that you can just put into like like a low power mode and then turn back on, and you're right back in the game where you were. Mm-hmm. So um, I, anyway, I feel like this is Nintendo's really playing into their strengths right now. After like the disaster that was the Wii U, this is like okay, what do we know? We know handhelds and our handhelds sell like no matter what yeah um i think uh price point's gonna be key here because what their uh their their main competition in this regard is actually going to be the cell phone there isn't really a whole lot of like anything else like is 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 sony gonna come out with another psp is microsoft gonna do anything in a a certain sense i i guess i could see why you would say that but also in another sense not really. I think they've they've they're doing something interesting, which is going in between two parties of competition. So they're not directly competing with any mobile, and they're they're 
sort of more so competing with consoles, but also not don't really. Don't Stop that. It's their own little niche, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's and, and that's interesting because we've talked about this before about how how what a killing they could make if they did go and make start making iOS games, which they are doing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing this is going to push that sort of shit. Like, we're probably not going to get. A, a Mario game of like any real substance on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, now that this is going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, would you would you want the next Mario game, knowing that there isn't going to be another one for like two years, to be an iPhone game though? What do you mean? I'm talking about like how rarely they put out shit for their like primary um, uh, IPs. Hmm. Well, that's the thing is, I feel like a they wouldn't do that because the the scope that they put into their games. I mean, they could probably find a way, but I feel like they would do something very much um, gimmicky, like they did with Mitomo and how Pokemon Go is, where it's just a few simple mechanics. Uh-huh. Like I could see Mario being like Mario Go. Yeah, like an endless runner or something, mm. where he just runs and you you jump over obstacles and hit things. Yeah, play for fucking, score. Fucking pay me, Nintendo. <laughs> pay us both. But yeah, you wouldn't. They 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 wouldn't do. You know something that they would do on the NX, which mm-hmm. is probably like another Super Mario Galaxy or something. Yeah, no, I I would want those smaller games, but you're right, not the the full. Yeah, not on mobile. Mm-hmm. So, but on the NX, maybe. Yeah. I'm intrigued by this. Could be good. I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah. Um, Cautiously something. I'm not sure what. Yeah. Well, it's all downhill in Nintendo news from here. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Well, listen, listen for it, audience. You'll hear me progressively get more and more irritated as this yeah. goes. Well, to be fair, this next article, well, the next couple articles aren't their fault. Oh, uh, yeah. This next one is from Games Radar uh, by Luis Blaine. And uh, Iran is the first country to ban Pokemon Go over, quote, security concerns. Hmm. Uh... As reported by the BBC, the High Council of Virtual Spaces has taken the decision to, due to safety concerns. The High Council, yes, it's a real thing, is the official organization that deals with all Internet activity. It had been previously recorded that they had been waiting to see how cooperative Niantic would be to work with authorities regarding their concerns. And that obviously hasn't happened because there's a ban now. Mm-hmm. Um... It's the first country to do it. No other country's done it. Indonesia has banned its police officers from playing. <laughs> uh, uh, casinos in Vegas ban their employees from playing it. Hmm. Uh, authorities in New York have announced that they're, they banned 3,000 registered sex offenders from playing it while on parole. That's for the best. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we could do a whole podcast about how I rants fucked up. <laughs> but, uh... I'm pretty sure they refer to our country as a whole as the Great Satan. Is that a real thing? I can't remember where I heard it. 
so <laughs> I can't confirm that. Uh, and I know never, I heard it years ago. I've never heard that, but uh, they're uh, yeah, Iran's really they're just all fucked up. They're backwards. They, mm-hmm. Tons of human rights violations. Just you know, mm-hmm. the way they treat dissidents is to basically murder them. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Another reason not to go to Iran. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a decent human being living in Iran, come here, I guess. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. If you can get out, get out. Yeah. Yeah. Bring the good parts of your culture here so it doesn't all go down in flames. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And next article is from Polygon by Samit Sakhar. I remember that guy. Where do I know him from? He was on Destructoid. I think that's where he started. He was on at least one of their podcasts. And I think he's on some sort of internet show now. I don't know what, though. Probably like a Polygon podcast. Yeah, more than likely. (laughs) Okay, so Nintendo reports huge quarterly loss amid plummeting Wii U sales. Yep. The NX can't come soon enough. Let's see. The first quarter of Nintendo's current fiscal year wasn't pretty. As a massive drop in Wii U sales led to a significant decrease in sales and an operating loss of 5.3 billion yen, or $48.7 million, the company said today in an earnings report. Net sales for the quarter, which ran from April 1st through June 30th, totaled 62 billion yen, uh, about $587.8 million. It's a drop of 31.3% compared to the same period in 2015. Nintendo attributed its massive operating loss partly to a stronger Japanese yen, um, the appreciation of which caused exchange losses totaling 35 billion yen, $332 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, and poor hardware performance, uh, Wii U sales were anemic at just 220,000 units worldwide. Damn. A 53% year-over-year drop. Wow. Yeah, um, I've been joking a lot about uh, you know putting some money into Nintendo for when for when they jump back up. As it uh, <laughs> turns out, getting into the whole stock market thing costs a bit of money. Like well, yeah. bare minimum, I need a thousand dollars to start. So so much for that. <laughs> yeah, you don't you you don't really let me get one Nintendo stock. <laughs> Really I would only this. need one to turn a profit. <laughs> I'm certain of this. Yeah. Seriously, y'all. Get in now. Yeah, you could win and then like throw a pizza party. Yeah, or like actually put some money into this godforsaken network. <laughs> um, Pay off our server costs for like a year. Yeah. Hopefully Joe can handle that, but who knows. I feel like anything could happen with Joe at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, even the 3DS sales dropped by 7%. Uh, news wasn't all bad. Software sales were up in the first quarter on both the 3DS and Wii U. Some Fire Emblem, Blatantly Second, a Kirby. Uh, steady sales. Let's see. Wii U sales were essentially flat. Up 3% year over year. 4.68 mm-hmm. million units. No big Wii U titles. Uh, most notable games were Star Fox, Mario, and Sonic at the Olympic Games. 
2016 Splatoon and Mario Maker. Let's see, Nintendo today reiterated its message from last week when it said it wasn't adjusting its forecast for its current fiscal year, even with the runaway success of Pokemon Go. The company's guidance calls for operating income of 45 billion yen, 36.9%, uh, for the fiscal year, which ends March 31st, 2017. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll put Vegas money on then coming back around, possibly even before the NX comes out. But uh, yeah, someone else will have to make that money for me. Well, they say they're bank- they're banking big on the second half uh, because Pokemon Sun and Moon are uh, scheduled to be re- to be released in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, when's Breath of the Wild come out? Uh, I'm not sure, but Nintendo and Denna are also working on mobile games for Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing. Yeah, Fire... Oh, yeah, they're, they're trying to do mobile ports of those as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Fire Emblem is good money for them right now. So, uh, yeah, that'll help too. I mean, hopefully... With all this money Intelligent Systems is making on the Fire Emblem game, they'll get around to giving me and Joe another Advance Wars game! I'm curious about this Animal Crossing. Um, it, it, it makes stupid money also, namely uh, more so on the uh, uh, female end of the gamer spectrum. Well, I mean, are they? is this going to be like social? Because if so, I think that could be fun. That's, that would be where the money is. Yeah, on the... Yeah. Uh, on... Because I'd play that on, if I could just get it on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, NX comes out March 2017, so I would imagine Breath of the Wild is sometime before then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll see you'll see at least a minor jump up in regards to that, because that game looks amazing. Okay. Uh, and here's where it starts to get all bad. Ugh, this is where my rage... <laughs> begins to mold so i saw this and i had this bookmarked on my computer and i didn't do this i was it was on my i had the tab open for like a week and i didn't bother to to do Mm -hmm. it because i i uh incorrectly assumed it would just be there me too this is from polygon by allegra frank nintendo takes down nintendo power collection from the internet archive after noticing it because they hate fun yeah uh so more than 100 issues of the beloved defunct Nintendo Power magazine have gone back into the vault after a brief period of availability on the Internet Archive. Archivist Jason Scott uploaded the collection back in February, but it amassed widespread popularity last week when Nintendo fans happened upon its wealth of nostalgic treasures. 145 issues dating back to 1988 mm-hmm. were fully accessible at no cost, giving former readers a chance to rediscover more than half of Nintendo Power's backlog. There's no notice as to why the collection's uh, gone empty, but Nintendo told Polygon in a statement that it must protect our own characters, trademarks, and other content. The unapproved use of Nintendo's intellectual property can weaken our ability to protect it or possibly use it for new projects, the company said. Uh, Repeating comments made earlier today about our next article. Um... Eat a dick, Nintendo. Yeah. What what revenue are you losing off of this? I guess it was um, up for five months before it got popular last week. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the article talks about the ways they keep they they shut it down in 2012 and 
now they do Nintendo Directs and they did the Iwata Ass series, which doesn't happen anymore. And I guess Nintendo Minute videos, whatever the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the bottom line is Nintendo saw this and then was like, oh, yeah. people. Their sphincters tightened. No, they were like, oh, people want this. Let's take this down and make a plan to sell this to them later. Yeah, probably in, in a uh, completely unworkable manner. It's like, oh, hey, we can get you those Nintendo Power issues if you buy our proprietary tablet. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. it's only available on 3DS. Yeah, it's like it's only available on the Wii U. And we don't have a dedicated reader. You're just looking at images. <laughs> Or something stupid. Point is, yeah. is this would have been this really would have been like my shit in that weird, unique way to me because it's like I like geeking out on things I could have experienced in my time but didn't. It like invokes this weird feeling. It's like uh, it's like nostalgia for something you didn't actually experience. And this had that all over it. Thank you for yeah. ruining that for me, Nintendo. Yeah. I'd say it's still nostalgic because it brings you back to that time period. Yeah. Something like you could have been doing. It's it's yeah. like it's like time traveling. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna do this instead of this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Go back in time and read about Act Razor. Yeah, I actually closed that tab before uh, realizing that it got taken down. Actually, I did look at it today. I was like. Well, it's gone. But then mm-hmm. I saw the article. But, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't end up looking at it, really. But, um, because I was like, Nintendo Power wasn't really my thing. Yeah, well, I was a like, Sega a, kid. Yeah, I had a few issues, but, uh, I mean, just in terms of magazines, I would, like, I would just, I would have, I would have came if this were EGM. I would have gotten it immediately instead mm-hmm. Because I fucking loved EGM. I was such a fanboy. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo Power, it was like... The only negative I really have for it is that it was so specialized. It was Nintendo. It was a quality magazine. Like, it's something I like to read. It's just uh, back when I was a little kid. I only had so much money for magazines in a given year. You know, I had to I had to go with the ones that I could actually get multiple uses out of, not just oh nice pictures, read about this game, which one's got the codes, which one's got the articles, which one's got everything. <laughs> but uh, it's something I'd really like to read now. Mm. Yeah, it's too bad. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so... And further news of Nintendo fucking up. Yes. Uh, So the same thing. Uh, I guess there was a Metroid 2 fan remake. Finally released. Quickly hit with copyright claims. Also by Allegra Frank on Polygon. The long-awaited AM2R, another Metroid 2 remake, launched on August 6th, just in time for the series' 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. The fan remake of Metroid 2 The Return of Samus came nearly 25 years after which the original Game Boy release giving fans a new way to experience the classic game. But by the evening of August 7th, however, file hosting services had removed the game download. Uh, yeah, initially available for free. 
includes the link on the game's page, now cites a copyright infringement claim from Nintendo of America. Um, bottom line is you can't get it online anymore except through torrents, uh, mm-hmm. which is, means it's probably pretty easy to get. Yeah, I'll have to maybe not track it down. Not, maybe, not. Well, I don't think it's a problem for you to own it. It's a problem for them to distribute it. Uh, still, here's the thing, right? So I'm, uh, I'm a Metroid fan. Well, just a fan of the whole Metroidvania formula in general. I got into Metroid a lot later down the line, but I've uh, started with Zero Mission, played Fusion, and played Super Metroid. And those games were fun as shit. Uh... Zero Mission is a remake of the first game. And people were hoping for a remake of the second game, which is what this is based on, because it was on the Game Boy. And the first and second games, you consider how, I guess, limited the uh, hardware was, even more so in the case of the second game. Considering how limited and just in... trying to find the right word here. It's hard to... It, it would be a really hard game to try and play now. The uh, Game Boy Metroid game. Not only just due to limited controls, limited uh, graphical power, but also the game was hard. So what they tried to do is take the hardware used to make Zero Mission and apply it to this game. So now uh, a game that was by and large kind of missed even by a lot of Metroid fans can be enjoyed. And... You know, have a just really easy entry, and we can't get that. Yeah. So that was my my question was, uh, I guess fidelity and, and gameplay wise, what was the main reason for remaking this in the first place? Because when I, I looked at uh, footage, it it looks like a SNES game. So it started yeah. off as a Game Boy game then. Yeah, uh, Metroid 2 was a Game Boy game. And uh, it was basically was just like a lower end of the original Metroid. And the original Metroid is pretty difficult to play now. Like, if you played it. Came out of S, right? Yeah, so if you played it back in the day, there was no mini map and there was was no saving. It was like a. I think there was no saving. I'm not 100%. You maybe had a pause button. So you'd have people with, like, graph paper mapping it out and shit like that. (laughs) You were waiting for that uh, Nintendo Power episode with, like, episode uh, magazine with maps of each level to figure out how to beat the goddamn thing, let alone beat it and get all of the uh, upgrades and shit. Because it still had those RPG elements. It was just... (laughs) You had to know shit back then. Whereas, yeah, this is a, a remake of the game, I much see. like Zero Mission, with all the fixings. Yeah. So what these guys did was basically beat Nintendo to the punch by following their lead on the first remake of the first game. They didn't beat Nintendo to the punch because Nintendo was never going to make this. Right. I'm pretty sure it's been like a decade since they put out any 2D Metroid anything. Yeah. It's, uh, it's too bad, but I, I'm... When I see stuff like this, I'm actually I almost feel like it's a win because uh, these guys can probably say this is, you know, they completed a project and they can say that on their resume or whatever. 
and people have heard about it now. Uh, but also they got far enough along to finish it and release it. Um, and that means it's out there mm-hmm. um, for, pe- for people to get. You can get it because they it, this could have been shut down like long ago and disbanded and nothing would have come from it. So yeah. it's kind of cool That's that... True that it, it got finished. Like there was that Metal Gear remake and that got shut down two seconds got... after immediately. Yeah. So I feel like they did the right thing, kinda keeping low key about it until release. Or I mean I'm sure people knew about it but there were updates but they weren't um they weren't Polygon really Polygon big. wasn't reporting on and it. And yeah, no one was reporting on it. That was a uh, half the issue right there is uh, I think it was Kotaku yeah. talking about the MGS remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So all you uh, game news outlets, hush hush. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the MGS remake. Or the, the Metal Gear 1 remake that had mm-hmm. David Hayter in it? Yeah. What? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. They stomped the shit out of that one. Mm-hmm. Hush hush. Uh, and in more Metroid Prime news... Yeah, they're making it really hard for, like, it, had I not encountered those other two stories, I might be a little excited for this. Only a little. And I'll explain why later. Yeah. So, uh... Uh, Michael McWhorter on Polygon reports, Metroid Prime Federation Force coming to 3DS this, this spring. Uh, this game absolutely belongs in the Metroid Universe Promises producer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Uh, he's one of those Japanese guys that looks kind of Mexican. <laughs> Actually, he looks hella Mexican. He looks like he'd be one of my uncles. Can, can, can we call him Julio? <laughs> uh, yeah, Julio Tanabe. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, a good name for him. Uh, let's see. The next controversial entry into the Metroid series, Metroid Prime Federation Force... Released on 3DS this spring, Julio Tanabe announced during today's Nintendo Direct. Um, oh, let, me s- let me start mm-hmm. by saying they're all controversial after Other M. <laughs> yeah, I feel like any game they release is controversial at this point. Yeah. There's always something with them. Yeah. They're talking about why Link could never be a girl, or like... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always I could I could help them with that for the record. Yeah, Star Fox, you know. It's like, it's yeah, it's like you can't just let Star Fox be Star Fox. You gotta add some weird ass gimmick and you got some weird stuff going on about a Triforce and what's Link gonna do? And it's like seriously, Nintendo, just hire me. I will help you. Yeah. Hire Mike too. Uh, it's funny how many. When we think about how long the gaming industry has like had, probably around the 80s and 90s when it started to get like these iconic franchises, um, it's kind of this around the same time as Star Wars, mm-hmm. and I feel like the same thing's happening with a lot of these franchises where it gets to a point where the fans know the material better, and they know what they want, they know what's right and wrong mm-hmm. uh, with the fiction and in this case gameplay yeah. and stuff. Um, where I hear a lot of people be like, like there's a, a guy over at Co- uh, Kind of Funny, Colin Moriarty. He's always talking about how he wants Capcom to let him write a Mega Man game. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like there's... And same thing with, you know, those guys doing the remake of Metroid. Like, it's like, this is what we want. It's like, yeah, yeah a lot of us really want to play Metroid 2, but like... Yeah. So, yeah, let's let's make it yeah. accessible. Yeah, we got the prequel trilogy, but then JJ's like, no, this is what we want. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm looking at this game, and I, I don't know, because I'm not like a Metroid guy, it's, if this is what anybody wants, but it looks weird. Um, it could be entertaining. Basically, it's like a squad-based Metroid game with some RPG elements. Mm-hmm. Which could be fun, like if you're interested in that world. I don't know if this was the best move. It's it's very much about the world, yeah. rather than uh, like, Samus. Yeah, it seems like there's no Samus. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Especially, it especially comes down to at what point in the timeline this takes place. Because if it's like the most current thing, then it's a bit infuriating. Because Metroid Fusion, the uh, sort of last game in the timeline, left us on a pretty big. I don't know if I should say cliffhanger, but just just some huge ass shit mm. that seems like we're never gonna see get addressed. Mm. Well, it says this takes place or it details uh, what is it? Some war between. Uh, I just read it. Why can't I find it? Uh, Galactic Federation and the Space Pirates. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's yes. kind of like that's kind of like uh, saying. All right, in this Star Wars games, it depicts the battle between the Rebellion and the Galactic <laughs> Empire. <laughs> yeah. That could be any point in the franchise. Well, any point in the original trilogy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because they would say First Order. Mm-hmm. Or there wasn't an Empire in the prequels. But, yeah, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I think... It might be kind of cool to see, at least, I, I don't know, I'm guessing, if Samus showed up and she was like a buddy for like a couple missions. Yeah, they, they seem to imply that she was going to appear as like a as like an NPC and like hopefully a bonus boss fight that is just impossible, mm-hmm. you know, just as a means of like beefing up Samus. Because in Fusion, you fight, a sort of clone of Samus and you get to see how much of a badass she'd be on the other end. Whereas it might be kind of cool to uh, do it again here, have like four grunts try and take her on and it's just like, this is hard. This is Ruby weapon on crack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that something from Metroid? Ruby weapon? No, that was uh, Final Fantasy 7. That's what I thought. Yeah, I was just trying to list like the give a yeah. the bonus boss, the uh, boss that's harder than the last boss, and technically not exactly canon. But uh, yeah, I probably never found it because FF Seven was really easy for me. I breezed through it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, be like kind of like a snake in MGS Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like that. Him. Yeah, I like that. Let's see. Let's see, I guess this game had a harsh reception uh, when it was announced last year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, do they state, like, any of the criticisms people were having over it? No, but even to my eyes, it looks weird. I could see what people are saying. Yeah. (laughs) It's, uh... 
it's not like Metroid Prime on the Wii U, like yeah, pretty and like that single player experience. It's like a weird co-op game on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't know. Yeah, it's not. It's not what we were asking for. I mean, yeah, there's people asking for another Metroid Prime. You've got people like me. I mean, I want to get into the Metroid Prime series at some point, but I also want more 2D Metroid. Yeah, I should get into that at all someday. It's, it's great. Mm. It's all good. But uh, uh, anyway, this next uh, article is from Gama Sutra. You know, let's step away from Nintendo for a minute. Yes. Recover. The art and business of making games is their tagline. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, that. They're cool. July 27, 2016. By Alex Waro, who, I might add, has a great uh, profile picture on his profile page. It's a tintype, which mm. I love. Uh, Legendary aims to develop Life is Strange as a live-action series. Square Enix and developer Dot Nod Entertainment have inked a deal with the digital division of Legendary Entertainment and transmedia firm DJ2 Entertainment to develop a live-action series based on Dot Nod's award-winning 2015 game Life is Strange. Um, Dot Nod's announced earlier today expanding the scope of its operations by strengthening ties to fellow Parisian developer Hesaw which is changing its name to Dotnon 11 and collaborating with Dotnon as it prepares to launch its first game. Uh, as is often the case, scant details are publicly available regarding the live-action digital series. So it'll maybe show up on YouTube. Or... Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, DJ2 has some experience in this area, having already helped produce an animated series based on... 17-bit Skulls of the Shogun and live-action footage for the free-to-play multiplayer mech shooter Hawken. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, it's I, not was, first... I was trying to get you guys into that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We just never, like, scheduled it. Yeah. We never did that. Yeah, did you ever a... play it? Yeah, I played a little bit of it, but it was like I was just playing with, like, randos on the internet because there was no, like, single-player aspect to it. It's pure was, multiplayer. Was it fun? It was okay. It'd be a lot more fun if I were playing with people I knew, namely you two motherfuckers. Uh, I think my friend Dave wanted me to play that too. I think he likes giant robots and stuff, but Mm -hmm. he's a weirdo. Uh, What's wrong with liking giant robots, Mike? uh, It's not that he's a weirdo and that he likes giant robots. It's that he's a weirdo in general. Oh, okay. (laughs) Am I a weirdo? Um, Yes, but I like that. Okay. You're a good weirdo. He's I'm a... definitely a weirdo. Okay. That's neat. Um, let's see. This isn't a first for Legendary either. The entertainment firm has multiple game-centric deals under its belt, including a 2014 deal to make a live-action series based on Mist that has yet to bear fruit. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. I didn't know that one. Hmm. Did you? Nope. <laughs> see, the thing, the thing about Mist is like... The number of people who played it and know of it are getting older and older. <laughs> like the time for the time of relevance for that is like winding down. <laughs> Seriously, like if you're gonna make a move with it, make a move now. I think it's wound pretty far down. It's pretty far down, but there's still some like 
probably past zero and into the negatives. Uh, it's not quite there yet. So. There are still some some of like the millennials <laughs> who hopped onto it later. A lot of old guys. I bet. Uh, There's a lot of old guys. I bet like Steve Wozniak is excited to see that. Mm -hmm. He'll probably be the one guy in the theater. Yeah. That's that's when I picture the audience. Uh, for Mist in my head, they all look like Steve Wozniak. It's all a bunch of like old beardos <laughs> and a handful of like uh, various millennials peppered into the crowd. Yeah. Well, I guess they want to make it a series. I could see it doing okay on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the, your best bet. <laughs> and I mean like thousands of views. Yeah. But I don't know. Put it, put it in front of PewDiePie. Maybe he'll make it a success. Or something. Uh, yeah, maybe. Or maybe he'll bury it. Yeah. We've seen him do that too. But, uh, so yeah, Life is Strange. Did you play that at all? No, but I do have the first episode on Steam now because it's free. Oh, yeah, I should get that. So I played, I think, I'm not sure if it was the whole first episode. Probably not the whole first episode, but I played the demo of it on PS3, and I really enjoyed it, like, immediately. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is fucking great. So I did something fresh and new um, that I'd never seen, which was, like, I personally related to her sitting in a fucking art class mm -hmm. about photography with kind of a sassy teacher. Mm -hmm. And I went to art school, so I resonated with me. Um, mm -hmm. I've had teachers like that, but that were like, that guy was, that guy was uh, way nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought the mechanics were cool. Like, I think it was kind of like the butterfly effect, if I remember correctly. Oh, so it's like a time-related thing. Yeah, so you make decisions, which is... You think about it, and that, that really works. Um, and I think new options generate when you go back as you gain more knowledge about what possible outcomes there are. Okay. So it's, it's kind of using that... Now that I think about that, it's kind of brilliant, where it's using the idea of, like... A choose your own adventure game and it's massively replayable mm -hmm. but this took that replayability and worked it into the narrative of, yeah. which is like really cool that's pretty good so uh yeah that one's been on my list for quite some time now i, mm -hmm. I go through that i've been waiting for it to go on sale on steam yeah you know? And I keep I get like emails about it where mm -hmm. it's like life is strange is now two dollars and I'm like no it's not the first episode's on sale for two dollars. Yeah. I'm waiting for it to. It's like I'm waiting for the the big package. Yeah, I want the whole thing for like ten bucks or something. So yeah, the way I do it with the uh, Telltale games, I wait till it's all out. Yeah, yeah. I'm way behind on those too, but uh. They're good. Is, when does the Batman Telltale come out? Uh, I don't know. They're they're. Well, remember, it's probably going to be episode by episode. So the first episode's probably coming out soon. Oh, it's out. Oh, it's out? Okay. Fucking shit. Well, then there you go. Fuck, I need to get that shit. First episode. Uh, no spoilers. Oh, the second. Oh, the second. oh damn, okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to get it all when it's done. Fucking shit. I can't wait. I'm going to fucking get on that like as soon as possible. Which will be not today, but... Today I'm getting my Batman fix. I'm seeing Suicide Squad, so we'll see how that goes. 
Next article from Kotaku by Jason Schreier. I've heard that name before. Is it Schreier? He gets around. He's a journalist. He's, uh, from what I understand, a very good journalist. Uh, grouped into in with people. Unfortunately, unfortunately associated with games journalism. <laughs> well, I mean, he's grouped into usually people who are great journalists like Patrick Klepek, so mm-hmm. that's good. I think Kotaku has a lot of good talent, actually. But uh, they they do have some people in there whose job it is is to just post fluff. Um, yeah. But that was a while ago, so I don't know what it's like now. I'm assuming they still post a lot of, like, <laughs> like uh, this weeaboo body pillow is great. <laughs> it's like, like that. Look at all this silly shit people made on DeviantArt. <laughs> yeah. uh, we love you, Kotaku. Hey, uh, apparently if I were a Sonic game, I'd be Sonic Adventure. <laughs> okay. I'm modern, adventurous, and a dreamer. I'll do anything to prevent chaos. Okay, anyway. I feel like that's accurate. Lots of Destiny devs have left Bungie recently to make indie games. Yeah, it's good. Okay, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a big list here of, of games that have been made by people who have left Bungie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go through them, and then you can tell me if you recognize them. Golem. Um, I think a lot of these either only recently came out or, not, or aren't out yet. This came out in 2014. Oh, well, there you go. These are... Uh, it's ahead. a list over the past few years, and I think these are all released. Oh, right okay. now that, Oh, no, there's some that aren't. Well, I know... I want to say the Metroidvania on there hasn't been released yet, because I want to yeah. play it now. No, it's still on Kickstarter, it says. Let's see, uh, Golem, an indie VR game. Nice screenshot. Mm-hmm. This guy was fired from the company in 2014, and one of... Fired. Um, he won a lawsuit over unpaid benefits. Uh, We've heard that story before. (laughs) Director Jamie Greisimer and composer Marty O'Donnell. Where have we heard that story? Um, is that that the one about the uh, trans person? I don't think so. It's a very similar story. I don't remember that. Um, uh, the the I mean, I remember that, but was also suing over like unpaid wages on top of just like yeah. That you was know, really recent shit. Though. Yeah. It's a it's a very common story. Let's see. Uh Time Spinner, the one you were talking about, I oh, think. Oh yeah, that shit looks good. Looks cool. I want it. Let's see. Assemblance. This fascinating mindfuck was released last month to mixed reviews. Uh oh, nice screenshot there. I wonder what it's about. Yeah, it looks cool. And they said mindfuck, which is like that. Uh, well, like <laughs> this picture captioned with the word mindfuck would have been like enough for me. So maybe I'll look into that. Um, first sentence of the review they did uh, describes it as a little bit of PT mixed with Stanley Parable. That sounds perfect. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, Guy Moria. 
described as a cross between secretive mana and Pokemon. That's amazing. That, that, yeah, I need to play that. It looks pretty. Um, it's in development. It's taking in around $600 a month on Patreon. Damn. Director Isaiah Sherman was an artist on Destiny and left Bungie in late 2014. Um, that sounds amazing. So, yeah, this looks pretty. The tools that he's using. Yeah, I don't know if he's just true. drawing concept art or if he's... It looks like he's modifying the environment. Or... Uh, yeah, really nice art style. Yeah. Very distinctive. I like it. It looks pretty. $600 a month isn't that bad. That's some pretty good money. Um... Uh, that would be enough to pay my rent. Yeah. Uh, it's um. Sorry, I got distracted. Everybody's it's wondering now where you're seven. living that you only got to pay six hundred a month. <laughs> well, that could be a lot of places, but uh, I've said multiple times that I live in Oakland. Now Which, they're really wondering. Yeah. Um, let's see, House of the Dying Sun. Ooh. Space shooter? Says Kirk digs this quite a bit. And by Kirk, they mean Kirk Hamilton of Kotaku. Mm. I guess he wrote a review about it. There's a link. Uh, says former Bungie employee Mike Tipola development on this space shooter. Channels PC classics like TIE Fighter and Freelancer. Seems interesting. Mm, could be fun. Could be. Gary the Goal. It's an interactive movie. Who is a technical art lead on Destiny? Oh, okay. Jump, veteran game artist Tom Doyle. Crisscross will make you. <laughs> Who uh, jump, jump? Let's a see. daddy Mac will make you. Jump. <laughs> Who left Bungie in 2015? Founded a company called Endeavor One with some other former employees. Their first VR game, Jump, came out on Steam last year. And there's a picture, and that's all they said about it. It's interesting. Impressions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing it's a parkour game. I'm thinking so. Uh, I'm not seeing any real gameplay right now. I'm looking at a video of it, and it's. Hold on. Here we go. Yep. It's a uh, VR platformer. How high is the jumping? Pretty high. I, I want to say I'd imagine this is how high Mario would jump if he were like. In reality. <laughs> Holy shit! Look at how high that guy can jump. Yeah. It's like and Jesus. It's like Jesus Christ! This guy's a freak. <laughs> Take the NBI or the NBA by storm. I don't know what the NBA is. Let's see. <laughs> Former Destiny sandbox engineer Ryan Juggett designed Inversus, an action strategy game that'll be out on PC. PS4 hmm. and PC next month. Action strategy. I, I like both of those. We left Bungie earlier this year. Uh, it looks weird. I'm not clicking on that video. Ah, it's, it's interesting. It feels very... Tron-like. Like if uh, Tron had like a shooter game type thing, this would probably be it. A shooter game type thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks kind of cool. It's, it's weird. It's dicey. Looks like a. It looks like an Sudoku iOS game. Wars. It looks like an iOS game that you wouldn't actually be able to play on iOS. Yeah. 
because of the way it controls. Mm. It looks smooth. It's pretty, I guess. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. And then there's some speculation. He says, Federal employees might go independent for a variety of reasons. Maybe they're frustrated by the bureaucracy. Maybe they burn out. Uh, maybe they're burnt out. There's a typo there. Uh, maybe they want more ownership over the creative works they make. Studios like 2K Martin Mar Marin had diasporas that led to indie jams like Gone Home and Eldritch. Fascinating to watch the progress of all these ex Bungie Vets games and see what also emerges emerges from Destiny developers who are ready for something new. Uh, other indie companies, Poly Arc and V1 Interact Interactive, have not shown off their games. Hmm. I'll keep this article uh, around for personal. My personal perusement. Hmm. I want to check out some of those games. Yeah, give me that time shifter. I want it now. Yeah, I want that mind fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably going to be good too. Uh, anyway, uh, this next is a video. The latest uh, tropes versus women in games. She did a video called uh, "Are Women Too Hard to Animate?" Did you watch this? Uh, I read the transcript. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. I should have just looked at that instead of making notes. But anyway, I some highlights from that. She basically is calling out Ubisoft on their their bullshit. Oh, the statement they made about. Um... I want to say it was both Far Cry and um, Assassin's Creed, where there's like, why are there yeah. no more uh, women characters? Because yeah, they're too hard to make. Yeah, Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, it's funny. They came out with that, and they were like, oh, it's fucking, uh, yeah. <laughs> they were like, that's too much work. we got to make whole new skeletons and stuff. I think maybe what they meant is uh, too much work now. On account of what they didn't want to admit is they just didn't think about it. Yeah, they didn't plan it out. Um, and, you know, it probably would have taken a... I don't know, a few weeks, maybe a month, when you consider adding in a new character. Because mm -hmm. it's not that they're women. It's that they would have to... Make a new uh, skeleton. You don't really have to change... Textures and you don't shit. really have to... You don't really have to make a new skeleton, probably. I think... It's some work. Yeah, it's as much work as any other character. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I guess in some it's... sense, maybe it, it is that they didn't plan for yeah. it because they didn't think about it. But also, like at that point, it's like this is the direction we're going, and we're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like okay, we already made this. We're not. We're not going back. And I maybe they should have just said that directly, like. Uh, at the time, we can't go back and fix this, but it's something to remember for next time. <laughs> yeah, which they actually did do, and uh, Anita actually liked their follow-up game, I believe, uh, mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed. There's so many goddamn ones at this point, I don't remember what the one that followed was called. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that I finally got um, a ruling on two things she was complaining about that seemed to fly in the face of one another which is mm -hmm. uh, this and complaints about violence against women in games. Mm -hmm. So the big difference seems to be that it, what she's asking for is like women to be combatants regardless of which side of the combat they're on, on equal terms. Mm 
Yeah. It seemed is... like it seemed like violence against women was wrong no matter what. But then she's like, "I want more women characters." It's like y- y- I'm confused. Yeah. No. The the big thing is, and it makes sense, is that a lot of the violence that you see against women is like specifically against women, and it's as as victims. It's genderized and and sexualized, and mm-hmm. a lot of times, then some of that factors into like women just being used as plot points, you mm-hmm. know, where they're just murdered to further the motivations mm-hmm. of a male character. Stuffed in a fridge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it makes sense. Yeah, I like that she said that too. Um, she also talked about, like, <laughs> I guess somebody has said that, oh, like, we we don't think it's believable that there are women combatants, but... Or like it's not they wouldn't be in this setting, but mm-hmm. you know she kind of points out the hypocrisy of that of how fantastical games get in general. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I oh, can yeah. Eat, a, eat a hot dog and all my wounds will be healed. Mm, yeah. Why not? I guess that's that's always been my mentality. Is why not? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a good video. I enjoyed it. Uh, anything else to say about it? Um, no. Okay. Nah, it was fine. Um, well, the transcript was fine. Yeah, it ties into this next article that you posted. What the fuck? Also on Gama Sutra. Yes. Gama Sutra. Uh, this is by Bryant Francis. It says, Study sexualized female characters in games down over the last decade. Mm hmm. Uh, it's a study that needs to be read with some caveats, but a report from researchers at Indiana University indicates that the number of sexualized female characters in games has decreased over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. According to science news site Fizz.org, PhD candidate Teresa Lynch and her colleagues Nikki Fritz, Jessica E. Tompkins, and Irene I. Vandriel of Indiana University were interested in gathering data on the game industry's sexualization of female characters in gaming to see if there were any changes in responses to criticism of these depictions. They analyzed 571 games released between 1983 and 2014, and Lynch says there's been a significant decrease in the number of games that depict women in this fashion in the last few years. They observed overall downward trends beginning in 2005 that briefly spiked upward in 2015. Um, however, she notes that in games where women are featured as secondary characters to male protagonists, they're still sexualized to a much greater degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, study only covers a small segment of the industry. Uh, some of the raw in numbers present interesting feedback for developers working on including female characters in their games. For instance, the researchers found no difference in sexualization of female characters between games rated teen and mature by the SRB, suggesting there's no statistic, okay, Lily. statistically significant differences between the sexualization of women characters and teen and mature rated games. Mm. Uh, RPGs are historically known to be popular with female, female players found to have less depictions of sexualized women mm-hmm. than action or fighting games. Which, just off the top of my head, I could name tons of sexy ladies from those genres. Oh, yeah. Um, 
she suggests that the sharp drop in recent years is a direct response to widespread criticism of how women are being portrayed in games the late 90s and 2000s um, and that indicating that the industry has been somewhat receptive to feedback on this subject it's and, and that in and of itself is just a byproduct of more women playing games yes um, or maybe a byproduct of the perception changing of women playing more games because um, they I feel like our generation kind of started off like when I when I think back to my childhood, I think there still was this perception that not as many girls played games. But when I think about it, a lot of most of the girls I knew were, were playing games in some capacity. Well, remember when we were kids, it was still not cool to play games past a certain point. As yeah, we grew, yeah. it became more mainstream. Yeah, but when I when I I think that happened very, very quickly. I feel like there was a small window where it, I, don't know, I feel like I was always surrounded by people who played games to some capacity. Like I think elementary school, most people did. Mm-hmm. Middle school. Middle school is where it started to diverge. I think high school is probably where I would hear less. I can't think of many. Mm-hmm. you that were talking about games mm-hmm. um, but as we all grew up and then we got the internet but uh yeah well, well I guess what I was trying to get at is um I think in, in some cases of this uh a lot of the stuff that uh, was being taken issue with people didn't realize folks were taking issue with is what I'm getting at I guess. Sometimes I hear people talk about, you know, if you don't like it, vote with your dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, vote with your dollars. Like, it's the capitalist way. Yeah. When really, and it's interesting, kind of the opposite of capitalism is, you could say, uh, socialism. And in a way, the internet has made us more connected and more social with each other. And yeah. yeah, I'd say the real capitalist way is if you don't like it, make your own game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so what happened was criticism and, and I guess that sort of stuff sort of you know it all kind of cycles into uh, probably the economy a little bit like like Ubisoft has enough against them with you know Uplay and mm-hmm. DRM and mm-hmm. their multiplayer servers at least for me yeah that one that one hits a little and close to home all this shit and then you factor in like shit like this like people talking shit about how they're depicting certain races or, or whatever it all kind of rolls mm-hmm. into it probably all does translate into some amount of, of dollars being lost because people will support them uh, it's certainly not the it's certainly not the loan factor mm-hmm. it, it all kind of contributes but uh you know, when, you, when it, these things generally convey a negative image of your company, people are less likely to support you. Um, and they definitely win points when they do things like that, when they make the next Assassin's Creed. And it's twins, and one of them's a woman. Yeah, it's like, oh, you wanted female characters? Okay, here you go. Yeah, people are going to flock to that, and people are going to write good things about that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, um, this is kind of like... And it's great to see this, and I definitely got the sense that this is kind of happening. Like you can see it at E3. Mm-hmm. We'll still complain because it's it's not equal, 
but and it's also their nature to complain yeah um, it's also their right to and I think it's not I don't I don't begrudge them for doing it yeah to say uh, because it it got you know it got this is this is directly related to people voicing their opinion which is before you could only vote with your dollars like people would be like why is this selling but now you can talk to the developer and say I don't like this mm-hmm. like with that whole Ubisoft thing they were like, oh, it's too hard and it would take too long to do. They immediately on Twitter, there were tons of like developers being like, no, you could, this is probably like a solid week of work. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you could have, you just didn't want to. Yeah. Um, I'd have, <laughs> I'd have rather heard them say, yeah, we've already made the game, uh, just wait. But yeah. uh, I'm sure that would have created, that would have been taken in the yeah. worst way possible. Yeah. I think people would have res- respected that. People were saying that that's what they should have said. Like, that's yeah. That's what I would have uh, preferred to hear. Though I I'd have just taken it as okay. You've already made the game. Fair enough. Yeah. Make you know, something like, good next time. It's like with uh, Nintendo when they were like, "Link can't be a girl." It doesn't make sense. I or, or we can't like. I, I can make more sense of that one though. Really, it's just uh, this is. They, what I that are words. But, I think what but, they wanted to say is no. This is what the games are. Yeah. Well, they were like, well, Link can be a girl, and they were they were also like, well, if Zelda's the hero, then what does Link do? <laughs> See, like it's I like, said, that's, Nintendo, that's your job. Yeah, Nintendo, just hire me. <laughs> I've got something for just that. It's like make it, figure it out. It's like you guys have messed with the timeline before and done alternate shit. Just, just like do a world where Link is king rather than Zelda being queen or some shit. Seriously, I've got a story for you like with they that. Don't, they I don't, can do it. They don't realize that this is us telling them what we want to see. Mm-hmm. It's like no, no, we're gonna do it this. Way. We're we're trying to help you make money here. That's, I guess maybe that's the way they've got to look at it versus people telling them they suck. Yeah, you know, and it was, I can't remember who was saying it. It might have been Colin Moriarty. But there's somebody was saying, uh, like, it would be fine if they just said, this is the story that we're, we're telling, and that's just the way it is. Like, we don't want to. Yeah, we want to tell stories with Link doing this, Zelda doing this, and Ganon doing that. Fine, that's the art you want to make. But don't, like, make up stupid reasons, you know? It's like when Kojima made Quiet, like, Uh, fuck-ass naked. And then it was like, like, oh, she breathed through her skin. Well, Kojaka breathed through his skin. How come he's not naked? It's like, just say you wanted a naked bitch. Yeah, yeah, or, like, all the other uh, parasite people have, like, full suits. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're completely covered. It's like I'm pretty sure they're even wearing helmets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though, let's let, let let me just get on my soapbox for a minute. Chico is quiet. Would have been way better. Yeah, that would have been really interesting. That would have been so much better and, yeah. and so good. Yeah, it would have been cool. There's so many things that he could have pulled the trigger on in that series that would have been so memorable, and instead they just like fall flat. That's one of them. Yeah. And my other issue is, I think you disagree, but if Snake had killed himself in MGS4, we would still be talking about that. Yeah, but I'd be mad. I wouldn't. It would, it would have meant something. 
Yeah, something soul crushing. Instead, we got this like like big bot. <laughs> they bring back a character. I mean, like, what do... come back? And it's just like, it's like yeah, panic. it's so convoluted and so stupid. It's like what they did in response. I appreciate the idea. I mean, I like the idea that it, the idea that it became this war between symbols that effectively no longer functioned. There's some, like, deep shit going on with it, but they kind of were, like, too on the nose by literally having them walk out all crippled up and old, and it's like, yeah, we're gonna end the war right now by taking this guy's oxygen mask off, and then I'm gonna fall over dead, and it's like... Yeah. <laughs> you could've... You could've... There's, there's See, other ways to do this it. Is how, this is how bad it is. It's like, I don't feel bad for not giving a spoiler warning just now. It <laughs> makes no sense. Like, yeah. If you're hearing well, us talk about it now, it doesn't make sense. And if you play it, it won't make sense. And yeah. You know, you know what my my issue with it is is like the way it was done feels very fan servicey. Like you were supposed to just be like, ooh, ooh, big boss, yay! No, yeah. it was just weird. Yeah, I don't know. Because Kojima is a master of. I think he's at his best when he, well. He subverts people's expectations and mm-hmm. sets worse when he panders to them. Yeah, you know what? That's true. I think when he's a, when he was able to leave things somewhat obscure, uh, it was better. Like the more answers he was forced to give, like the weirder yeah. shit got. Yeah, it was just things got dumber and dumber. I yeah. mean, he he still managed to make those journeys entertaining. It's just. It seemed like by the time you got to the end, you were always like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And not in a good way. Yeah, not, not like, holy shit, that was weird. Yeah. But, like, god damn it, that didn't make any sense. Because he really, like, MGS1 had such a... It was just an ending that was kind of there. Mm-hmm. And MGS2 was just, like, a mind fuck. It's brilliant. Yeah. It took people a long time to realize how brilliant it was. Yeah. It, it took the times changing. Mm-hmm. And then MGS3 just, like, knocked it out of the park. Yeah, blew it clear out of the water. But anyway. Uh, Death Stranding, though. Yeah, it looks great. I'm hoping, because there's no expectations that that'll be great. But um, Anyway, uh, did you watch this video of Pray for the Gods? Uh, yeah, looks like, um, uh, 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 something about Colossi, Shadow of the Colossus with survival elements. Yes. Uh, kind of reminds me of that naughty, or not, yeah, Insomniac, wait, who's doing that game, the big PS4 exclusive that everyone's shitting themselves about? Uh, the, the girl, girl with the red corn rose. And there's like uh, monster machines. Oh, um. Until dawn. Un- no, not until dawn. Not until dawn. Um, I can't remember, but I know which one you're talking about. Uh, it's like uh, weird prehistoric shit, but strangely high tech at the same time. Yeah, it's like post post apocalyptic. Yeah, <laughs> double post apocalypse. Uh, why can't I remember? Is that an insomnia? Oh no, it's a Guerrilla Games. Yeah. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, okay. 
That's it. Yeah, she kind of reminded me of that girl just because she's mm-hmm. a brunette or has red hair, shoots an arrow. But yeah, I don't know. I just saw this and I thought it looked cool. It looks pretty good. Could be good. It looks beautiful. Um, I, I feel like I could use more Shadow of the Colossus because that yeah. game was amazing. Yeah, it was like sweet and merciful Christ. So it's a, they're calling it a spiritual successor, successor to that game, mm-hmm. and uh, looks like it's kind of the snow looks cool. It's something that Shadow of the Colossus I don't think really did. No. And it's uh, the world was pretty barren in that game, but it seems like they're trying to fill that with yeah. survival stuff and mm-hmm. uh, some tomb raiding. Yeah. Yeah, it has a dynamic weather and day and night cycle. So that's pretty... It seems cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, linear-ish. Uh, fallen heroes and equip yourself with weapons and supplies and a unique musical score. Uh, and this got funded today. Neat. What was the uh, budget or goal or whatever? It's pretty low. It only had 300000 is their goal. Nice. Um, they, they're at 501,252 right now. All right. Now, I know with all that money, you're going to start wanting to get ambitious, but do not overdo it with those, um, I don't know what you call it, those like extended goals. We do not yeah. need another Mighty Number no. 9 on our hands. Yeah. It seems like they got it pretty tight. It looks like they have a very clear vision of what this is already. Okay. Um, and I saw them posting like they're really excited to hit the goal where they can have an orchestral score mm-hmm. okay. little things like that yeah seems pretty cool um, pray for the gods ambitiously combines the gameplay of shadow of the Colossus, deus ex daisy and bloodborne hmm. combat is fast-paced brutal and up to you so yeah i and it just looks really cool and i'm pretty excited <laughs> there's only three people working on the game apparently Mm. Uh, art programming programmer and art design and probably like composers yeah maybe let's see so what have they got here um they funded it there's going to be additional additional animations for your bosses and the avatars uh more weapons these are the stretch goals that i'm reading mm-hmm. more weapons and armor to wield and wear uh, a mac version uh, an orchestral score recorded by a live orchestra. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they've hit 500k, so they expanded some of the environments. Some underground caves. Okay. I'm not sure what... So their stretch goals go up to 1 million. Stretch goals, that's the term I was looking for. Yeah. Um... 550k is world builder slash level artist. I'm not sure what that means. Mm. Uh, Maybe like a create a level type situation. I don't know, but it's level artist. Or maybe they're going to hire specifically someone to do oh. a dedicated level designer. Okay. Yeah. Um, 600k. That's an art within itself. Expanded environments. Um. So they kind of cut it off there, which is cool. 600k, and then after that, mm-hmm. um, it's stuff that will ship after the PC and console release, so it'll be additional content. Okay. So they have a set. They have a, 
a set amount of money that they need to put the game out as they envision it, and then everything else is extra. So that's cool. They're uh, they're keeping themselves in check. That's good. So it's like 700k. It's the sixth boss, uh, and then 750 arena art set for boss six. I'm not sure what that means. Arena what? Arena art set for boss six. Uh, maybe just like uh, some dedicated stuff for that specific boss. Maybe it's in a specific area. Oh right. Okay, I get it. Yeah. So they'll create a new environment for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then same thing at 800 and through 950k. There's just two more bosses and two more art sets. And then at one million, uh, <laughs> why did I say it like that? I'm gonna one million dollars. I'm gonna cut that out and say this again. <laughs> at one million dollars, a survivor. One million. At one million dollars, a survivor mode. Uh, fight the bosses in arena combat one after another. Uh, oh, neat. Let's see. Rewards, digital copy, in-game items, soundtrack, beta access, huh, Grim Dawn. I guess that's a game maybe they worked on before. Okay. Yeah, more game. Uh, elite pouch, digital map of the game, elite wolf skin. This is interesting. I think they, they did something smart. I talked to someone who did a Kickstarter once, and he was talking about uh, the rewards. Uh-huh. And it looks like they don't actually offer anything physical until the $100 mark, which uh-huh. is an art book, which is smart. Um, that uh-huh. way they don't have to scramble to, to produce a lot of... Yeah. Physical. I want to say the more successful Kickstarters tend to uh, do that where the rewards up until a certain point are all digital. And I think that works pretty well. Yeah. Like, they can do wallpapers, artwork, art books, and stuff like that digitally pretty easy. Yeah, in-game items. See, and then from there, there's, like, patchy shirts, maps, and then... Mm-hmm. It gets you all of it, all the game. Let's see, Raven Edition. You get a pet raven in the game. Neato. Uh, magnets. $300 alpha access plus all that shit. <laughs> God damn. What? <laughs> God damn. It looks like at $600, there's a, a CPU. Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we'll just build a computer for you. I don't think they're building the computer, but they're giving you like a, a graphics card, I guess. Oh. MSI GeForce GTX 1070 Gaming XHE. That's weird. That's strange. Maybe it's their own, of their own design. Maybe. I'm. Not, I don't think that's allowed. Of their <laughs> own design, they can't. Because it seems like the other way shouldn't be allowed. Like they're selling other people's shit. Yeah, that's. But there's a picture of it. <laughs> well, I guess it maybe maybe it's something they made. I don't know. That's weird. A thousand dollars. Become a fallen hero. I guess there's fallen heroes that are in the game. Yeah, that's you who you get like equipment from, I guess. Put you in the game. Five thousand dollars. Become a statue in the game. <laughs> Neat. For five thousand dollars, there could be a jumper cable statue. Yeah, you don't want a jumper cable statue. I want one. 
Well, I thank you for saying that, but <laughs> you're the only one. Huh. <laughs> $10,000, they'll become uh, legendary edition, become a legend in game. They'll create a secret spot for you that's nearly impossible for others to access. Hmm. They'll Skype with you, and they'll put an X marking the spot on your map, and your name will be listed as legend in the credits. Interesting. Huh, so it looks like they have some partners here. So they have some special things. So this may okay. be like a, a Sony thing. Mm-hmm. Is it like a Sony uh, Shenmue type of thing? Ah. One of their partners is MSI. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They have much, a bunch here. Logitech, Crate Entertainment, uh, Unity, the Glasses Flood, whatever the fuck that is. They have a terrible logo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, unknown Worlds Entertainment, Terrible Posture Games. So so that makes sense um, at why their goal was so low as well. So they have help. Uh, but yeah, I, I I want this game. I'll play it. I'll play the damn shit out of it. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's a, at least a year and a half out. So I think I'll wait. Yep, we'll see. Okay. Um, well, we're going really long here. Almost done with the news. Let's see. Uh, no Man's Sky players travel to the exact same planet without ever crossing paths. This is by Allegra Frank uh, from Polygon. And there's an update. So basically what happened was um, some players like uh, found that they were nearby, and I guess they were friends on, on the map, so they went to the same planet, and I guess they streamed it all over. They went looking for each other. They stood in like, the same places, talked to the same NPCs, and they never saw each other. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of bums me out. Yeah, it seems like... Uh... There was some minor differences, namely one of them was on the planet during the day and the other was on the planet at night. Yeah. And uh, I think the uh, one of the creators basically said the likelihood of people <laughs> meeting in-game was zero. Yeah, he said pretty much zero. Sean Murray said that of Hello Games. Um, Hello. When he said that, most of us... I think I took it as, like, it's so big that you won't really run into people. Mm. Uh, and his, they updated this with some tweets from him, which mm-hmm. he said we added a scanner for other players in the Galactic Map to encourage players to find each other happening. Oh. So he wanted it to happen. Um, he, says, he says he clarified that all players are sharing a universe and that could lead to some exciting discoveries, perhaps not actually seeing other players but finding Easter eggs. But... Murray remains concerned that too many people are sharing that universe all at once right after its launch. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, it is a testament to how amazing our network coders uh, are that discoveries are still working at all. Uh, for instance, overnight we hit 10 million species discovered in No Man's Sky, and that's more than has been discovered. He didn't really address or say that <laughs> the why they couldn't see each other. Mm-hmm. If it's a bug or if it's not part of the game. If it's not part of the game, I'm way less interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody posted a meme at him. This is somebody talking to him. It says, so why can't we see other players in game? And he says, wow, there's so many of you playing. And then they're saying, yeah, Sean, but what? And he says, truly amazing. So he kind of ignored. He's dodging the question. Yeah. 
What the fuck? <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate this. It's like, just tell us, please. Yeah, so... Yeah, I was under the impression that you'd be able to beat people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally don't care either way. Why? Um... Um... I'm, I was just more interested on <laughs> more interested in my own journey than running into other people. Like but, even if it were, if it's there, it's fine. I don't have any beef with it. But I'm probably gonna want to do my own exploring before I try and find you or Joe. Yeah, I want to explore with my friends. You know, that sounds like a journey too. I'm kind of like I always assumed that would be a possibility. If I'm just doing this and, like, I can't share the mm -hmm. experience, like, look what I found, look at this species, let's go to this planet I found, and it's named after me, like... Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. That kind of sure. kills, like, the replayability for me. Um, I mean, I'm, I'd still be into it outside of that, but I can, I can kind of see where you're coming from. Like, it would be more for me, mm -hmm. but uh, not necessarily a deal-breaker if it's not there. So, they they put out a big patch today too. No Man's Sky. Mm -hmm. Ars Technica reported Mark Hamilton or Mark Walton from the UK. Mm. Or Ars Technica reports. Let's see, the 1.03 update, which goes live on August 8th for reviewers and those with early copies, makes fundamental changes to how the game plays. Most notably, there are now three set paths with player which players can explore the procedurally generated universe, mm -hmm. which has a significant impact on what you see later in the game. Uh, story has been rewritten to accommodate and changed all her multiple endings. Uh, so I, I went to Sean Murray's post earlier where he detailed all of this and he said that there might be spoilers. So I'm not going to like read all this. Mm -hmm. But if you like just scrolling through, it seems like there's so there's the past thing. Um, they changed the rules of the generation algorithm in the universe to create variety greater variety earlier, so galaxies are now up to ten times larger. Uh, diversity of creatures. Uh, more dead moons, more plants, uh, more variation among atmospheres. Um, planet rotation change. Terrain generation. Caves up to 128 meters tall are now possible. Wider ship diversity. Diversity. Um, you can store more in your inventory. What you doing over there? Um, listening. Okay. You're clicking around. Am I? Yeah. Uh, probably got the thing open. Uh, trading is deeper. I guess, <laughs> I guess you're not trading with other people. <laughs> that is. Uh, ship scanning. Scanning for points of interest from your ships is now possible. Uh, flying over terrain, pop in, and shadow artifacts have been reduced. Writing, uh, some of the, the story stuff has been rewritten. So it's like a massive update. Mm -hmm. It's kind of it's like ridiculous. People are saying that it's changing the whole game. I see. But I still want an answer to that question. Yeah. If, if I know where Jumper Cables is. Can I go and see jumper cables? Mm -hmm. That's what I want to know. I'd like for it to be so. Did it come out on PC too? 
I, I don't know, but I don't see why it wouldn't. So this came out yesterday. It's up for pre-order on Steam. I wonder if I can even run this. Okay, so it comes out on the 12th, which is that's not a that's not a not a huge wait. So yeah. Sixty bucks. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't know. Could be good, or should be good. Uh, I don't know if I have anything that can run it. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure if I can run. I'll have to check, but I, I know I don't have enough memory. It says you need eight gigs of RAM. So, uh, well, that's that. Uh, so the next couple things are. Uh, character trailers, which is kind of like a new phenomenon, I've noticed. Like, let's introduce everybody to our protagonists, which I guess it's they're trying to. Uh, I don't want to say build IP because this is this keeps happening with established franchises. Like, here's our new main character. Uh, so the first one's Lincoln Clay from Mafia Three. There's a trailer for that, and then there's one for. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, and that is Captain Reyes. Uh, did you watch these? Uh, yeah. Um, kinda meh on Leak and Clay, though really just Mafia, the Mafia games in general were like, I played a little bit of two. It was alright. It was, uh, seemed very much like it was trying to be not Godfather the game, but Godfather the game. Um, yeah, well, Mafia 1 came out way before that game. Uh, yeah, I was just never that interested. And, uh, I don't know, seems, seems, seems decent, seems serviceable, just not my cup of tea. Yeah, I liked the first Mafia. It was a, it was a good time. I enjoyed the story. And then the second one, I liked too. Um, the snow looked really cool. Parts of it were pretty cool. I think after I finished it, I was kind of like, wow, I really powered through that, like, I, and I don't know why. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, um, this one looks interesting. I suppose. It takes place down in, like, south by the bayou, I think. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, and the reason I, I put both of these trailers in there is because these two, along with uh, the new Watch Dogs guy, mm-hmm. it seems like people are finally starting to listen about this whole, like, why does everybody have to be white thing? Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Just just getting some, some variants. Um, yeah, I kind of... Um, not sure what I'm trying to get at here. Uh, yeah, seeing as how my brain is failing me, I'll just say that I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I appreciate it too. And it looks like uh, very something I've very rarely seen in games. In the Mafia trailer, there's looks like there's a f- female character who's a black woman, mm-hmm. and she's like really dark skinned and not like. <laughs> you know, honestly, something about her looks kind of weird. It looks kind of like um, uh, Zoe Saldana, darkened in that, <laughs> in that Nina Simone movie. 
which got a lot of flack. She kind of reminds me of that, but like, I don't know, it makes me happy to see a, a dark skin black woman with natural hair mm-hmm. in a video game because I don't think I've ever actually seen that in a video game. Um, and then Infinite Warfare, first of all, it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's just pretty, but like the even the, the rest of the cast here, I guess the protagonist is he's a Latino named Riaz, but there's also like an Asian woman here and like mm-hmm. there's a it's like there's a black woman in the and uh, there's like, uh, another black guy with a European ass accent. <laughs> oh yeah, an English black guy and then they talk to like a uh Oh yeah, they're like commander or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, the HPIC on the video. And uh, not Obama. <laughs> something's weird about that guy. Like he wasn't told where to look when he was doing his facial capture or something. I felt like that was supposed to make. I felt like he was supposed to make you uneasy with that. His eyes are like dead. Yeah, something's kind of wrong there. I thought. But I just I, assumed it was intentional. Yeah, and then there's a another captain here who walks in who's uh, from another ship, and she's like a grizzled old lady. An older woman, yeah. Yeah, which is cool. So it seems like these bigger studios are, like, listening a bit. Yeah. Um, But I want to say Call of Duty probably hasn't gotten enough credit for it. Mm It's because they do kind of... They present the military and... And kind of how it is. The World War II games, obviously, it was mostly white people, but they did have a game in the franchise where you played as a, a black dude who was mm-hmm. part of the Black Panther Battalion, the Tank Battalion. Mm-hmm. So they told a lot of. They actually used, and that was those are more of like the side games that came out on consoles before mm-hmm. that when it was still in World War II, where they told some like stories about Polish soldiers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, and I feel like there was lots of Latinos and, and blacks in like the Modern Warfare games. Mm-hmm. But that was really reflect, reflective more so, I think, of the fact that they were trying to capture the, the, the way the military actually looks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty diverse there. Um, so I don't, know. It's, I don't know. This trailer made me happy to see a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. It's a small thing, but I just wanted to give a shout-out. Also... That new Call of Duty just looks amazing. Yeah. God, that's going to be so good. Is it out yet? I don't think. Oh, November 4th. Soon. Yeah, it looks... I want it. Um, Yeah, I want to play that shit. Ugh, so that's the news. (laughs) It was a lot. It was a lot. Um... We do topic now? Uh, sure. You want to introduce this topic? Um, I suppose so. Uh, so, when, when did this thing come out? Hold on a sec. So, I want to say... 2012? Mm. February of 2012, a game came out. It was uh, very strange. Very weird in regards to gameplay, and weirder than any initial looks, uh... Indicated. 2012. I think so. Oh, really quick! I just really quick. I just 
read a blip. 2011, sorry. On, on, on Polygon that says that Pokemon Go, uh, the devs are honoring requested a stable uh, inappropriate Pokestops and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they, yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, um, sorry, my mistake. Uh, it, <laughs> it was late 2011. A game called Catherine came out, and it was weird. Weirder than anyone gave it credit for, because, uh... Well, it looks a bit like a dating sim, but uh, has weird puzzle mechanics, and the further you go down the rabbit hole, the weirder it gets. It's an experience. It is. And, um... um I'm not sure how much it intended to do this, but really does speak to kind of like social issues going on, namely between men and women and life in general. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start with this? Also, spoiler warning. Yeah, spoilers. It's a really fun game. It's just incredibly unique. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely never played anything like it beforehand, and nothing really like it since. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I love story-focused games and games that let you choose how the story progresses. Mm -hmm. Who do you think of Vincent? Um, it's weird playing as Vincent. Is they um games often fall into this like uh, weird area in regards to player characters, where they're either supposed to be like an XP of the person playing. Or they're supposed to be their own thing, yet you're still controlling them to some capacity. And it feels like Vincent, more than any other, was an attempt to let to let him be his own character, even as we controlled him. Because uh, I mean, I talked about like weird sort of like dating sim elements, or Mike talked about the choices. It, um, yeah, it's unique in regards to how it sets up those choices, because while there are some where you can actively choose what he says, it really comes down to questions you're asked over the course of the game, which kind of creates a, maybe like a, a thought process that yeah. Vincent gets stuck on, and when pushed into situations where he has to make a choice, he'll make a choice based on where he is on that thought process, but... They all ultimately feel like his, which is is good in uh, established in allowing him to be his own character, you but can be it, frustrating for the audience. You know what? It kind of feels like it feels almost like you're playing as his conscience. Kinda, yeah. You get to, and he's wrestling with direction. you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's probably the best way to look at it. Yeah. Um, because, like, really, and I've already given the spoiler warnings, I mean, really, I think everyone playing the game was like, just tell her <laughs> from the get-go. Yeah. And he's, like, stumbling around with it. Yeah, or leave her, you know? Yeah, either, either just tell her, just leave, or just, yeah. really just talk. Yeah, so you don't directly control those things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of broken into two parts, which is uh, Vincent's waking life and the world of the nightmares. Um, and, you know, th that aspect of choice is uh, mainly in his waking life, though in between levels within the nightmares, you'll be asked questions that uh, have a huge effect 
on that uh, weird mindset thing I was talking about before. There's a, it's, I don't know if it's, I don't know if, if it is loosely tied to the uh, Megami Tensei franchise. It's got a lot of the elements, namely the fact that things are separated between lawful and chaotic rather than flat out good and bad. Yeah, so it, it is. It's a literal <coughs> meter <coughs> that, uh, and there's it. It's a gradient mm-hmm. that, depending on where you fall into it, I think there's one of like what like twelve endings or something like that. Yeah, there's a uh, bad, good, and true for both Catherines, and then a uh, good and true for freedom. Yeah, so it feels less like you've. Less like you've decided on an outcome at the end, because, well, for one thing, you're really not, but it feels more like the ending you get is one possibility. Yeah. Like, they, they all fit within his character. Like, yeah. Like, either, like, he can marry uh, his longtime girlfriend, Catherine, or he can, you know, become a demon and, like, I guess spoilers. And the other, the other Catherine is like a demon. She's a she's a succubus. Yeah, and you can like go and live with her in hell. Mm-hmm. Or you can end up by yourself, and you end up like fulfilling a a, a dream of like you. a childhood dream. Yeah, to go to space. So it's yeah. There's no like right or wrong endings. Even though when I played, I feel like I got the worst ending. Well, there are bad endings. I actually I tried to play through it again and accidentally got a bad ending, and it was frustrating. What happened? Um, I didn't mean to. I was trying to go for like a neutral path and end up going after a uh, succubus Catherine. Uh, he gets denied. She disappears. He runs out after her and gets hit by a car. <laughs> and he's totally okay, but clearly just frazzled and confused, and everyone thinks he's crazy. Yeah, I think my ending was rather short. I was so pissed off at my ending. Cause, like, I was looking forward to playing it again, but I was so mad that I did Yeah, I took a break after that. I think I, I think he got shot down by his girlfriend, and then mm-hmm. tried to go for or he like broke it off and then tried to go for the other Catherine and then she ended up shooting him down and he just ended up alone mm-hmm. and he didn't go to space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did something similar. Um, it's um, one of the things I feel like it makes it unique and this is more towards uh, Vincent. Vincent being his own character in the game trying to pull you out in the sense that it, this isn't just like you going after your preferred whatever is that neither Catherine is ideal like uh, when I first played the game I went after Kay Catherine just because I thought she was hotter but um, she's also devoid of any sort of affection (laughs) until maybe the ending which Catherine? Uh, his girlfriend yeah I didn't really like his girlfriend yeah I just thought she was pretty (laughs) <laughs> and like after about two levels it's like okay she's really just annoying but I've already come this far like the first ending I got was the good ending where they don't get married but they plan to um, 
Whereas uh, Succubus Catherine is very affectionate, but is also scary. Like, possessive, and then later on, violent. I'm looking at the questions. And, uh, I don't remember there being this many questions. There's a lot more. Um, if you just play the game straight, you'll only get, like, nine or something, not including the set questions at the end. But if you, like, play it, uh, like, keep playing through on the same save, or... There's, like, ways to get additional questions. Like, if you, like, play it, then turn the game off. And then go back on and huh. get to that point. You'll get a different question. I guess uh, there's there's some um, setting in there to keep you from like changing the answer to your question if you were trying to keep the meter at a certain place. It's hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, you must kiss one of these. Choose a cephalopod-like alien or a beautiful corpse. Whoa. Yeah, I never <laughs> got that question. Whoa, that's weird. I think like the weirdest question I got and one I never got in my previous playthroughs I was playing it recently and the question I got was are all men stupid mm. and it seemed like the guy asking the question was starting to laugh when he said it you find your lover's kink horrifyingly unsexy what do you do <laughs> I'll try anything once or this relationship is over define horrifyingly unsexy I don't know like just like unappealing or is this like she jacks at the corpses. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> just something that you personally are just like, no, like that turns me off. Well, no, that's the thing. Is it no that turns me off or no, oh dear God, what the fuck is wrong with you? Ugh, I'm, I'm nauseous. Yeah, horrifying. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like shitting in your mouth. Ugh. Or are you shitting in her mouth? Ah. You're shit in her mouth. Would you try anything once, or is this relationship? God, no, no, I'm not. No, no doo doo in the. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Oof. Um, let's get off of that subject for a minute. <laughs> um, any characters in this stand out to you? Could you ever be paid enough to go nude in public? Oh, Jesus. This is what happens. Never, or how much are we talking about? Of course, the option to ask me weird sex questions comes <laughs> up, and he, he refuses to get back on topic. This is this is my life, dear listener. Ugh. How much are they paying me? <laughs> oh, there you go. I guarantee you it's not worth the amount I'd ask. Hmm. But yeah, sure. No, there's one that specifically asks which Catherine is more your type. Oh. See, neither. I guess, well, actually, that, that brings us back to the point. It's like, I feel like neither Catherine is ideal. They're just meant to, like, reflect something. Yeah. They're kind of two extremes. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I didn't, the bartender stands out to me. Oh, um, he didn't have a name. Well, I guess he did have a name, but it wasn't like a real-ass name. He's just called, like, the bartender or some shit. Or are you talking about Erica? No, the bartender. Okay. He's a weird guy. Yeah, they just call him Boss in the game. Yeah, that's right. Isn't he, uh, like a demon or something? Yeah, he's actually sort of, like, doing a lot of the legwork in regards to the nightmares. 
He uh, serves. This is me reading up on it after the fact. It's like he serves what is the supposed to be the god of uh, fertility and something else. Basically, like uh, babies and families. And uh, it he's using the bar as kind of like a filter to find people to put through this process. Uh, everyone there is in some way or another holding a person back from moving on, moving on in life to that step, marriage, kids, all that crap. Uh, in the case of Vincent, he's uh, holding back. He's supposedly holding back Catherine. And you kind of get an idea of this with the other characters who are both in the bar and in the nightmares. Yeah. And it's kind of it's used as a device of like uh, developing all of these characters. I like Jonathan. Oh, Johnny? Yeah, he's the guy that's always smoking. And drinking sake like a weeb. He's cool. Yeah, I like uh I like Vincent's buddies. They're yeah. they're entertaining. Oh uh, yeah. I like their designs. Very very American without being over the top. Yeah. Which the Japanese sometimes do. And there's the twin ladies. Yeah, they were weird. I like Trisha. She's weird. Um it's- She's tied to something I really like about this game and kind of wish persisted, which is uh, the Golden Playhouse as, like, the framing device. Like, I wish they kept that and used that to just as a means of creating more weird games like this. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it, she's, she's the basis for a series of games that are just, like, a random anthology of, like, crazy experimental shit. I'd like that a lot. Yeah, me too. I don't know. Is there anything else out there that could like, if you like Catherine, would like? Um, I'm not like sure. It it might be too unique. I mean, its puzzle element is, I feel like, unique to it. There's a lot of dating sims out there, but they're a lot more direct. Yeah. Granted, there are, if you hunt out there, there are ones that have, like, more interesting, uh, I don't know, narrative and plot stuff than I want my waifu. Pick the waifu from the lineup and try and get her. Yeah. You gotta do some hunting, but it's a world within itself, and I'm not very versed in it, so I can't point to really where exactly. I mean, not necessarily dating sense, but just, you know, something that's, like, has multiple outcomes and has, like, a real anime style and, like, has an interesting world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's hard to pick something out based on this because of how distinctive it is. Yeah. We just talked about this on your show, but I guess, like, in the way of the samurai has, like, it's quirky and it's... Mm-hmm. That's more of a, you're a direct actor. Yeah. You control an avatar. Yeah, you're, you're Yojimbo. Uh, That's the concept. Yeah. Well, yeah, I want to say they're kind of like, I don't know about it past two, but I know the first one is like Yojimbo, and the second one is like Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah. Um, maybe... Persona 4, Persona 3, those Persona games, also done by uh, Atlas, and those are more directly tied to the Megami Tensei franchise in that they have those those dating sim elements but aren't specifically 
dating, like some of it is just interacting with your friends at school or a teacher or something like that. And building up those relationships gives you access to other powers in the combat mechanic, which are separate. Like a separate style of gameplay for different parts of the day. So yeah, there's there's those. If you're interested in something remotely similar. Granted, instead of puzzle-based gameplay, it's, uh, it's a JRPG. Yeah. Mm. I just love the look of the game. The whole, it's... Yeah. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, one of the, it's definitely one of those games that's supposed to make you think about shit. Yeah. Namely about the future, what you're supposed to do versus what your society thinks you're supposed to do. And it's interesting that they would uh, tackle this from another country's perspective but still like inject what i think amount to a lot of uh, japanese social issues namely um uh a decline in birth rates out there and the uh, rise of what is referred to as the herbivore male which is more or less what i'm on which i'm on i am um i think like if you were to literally translate the term i don't know what the term is in japanese but it's like the grass eating male Huh. The idea is that they're 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 kind of like living a more minimalist bachelor lifestyle. They're not yeah. as obsessed with like a huge gain and the real big. The I guess the real big distinguisher is either not dating at all or dating very minimally. Yeah, I think there's people have talked about that before in the West. They say it's like the the shut-in gaming play gamers that like jack off way too much and don't don't even care because they can jack off whenever they want (laughs) (laughs) well the thing is is it's a step above the shut-in or what the japanese call the hikikomori because they do have they they work they have social lives they have hobbies and stuff like that they just don't really push beyond that or don't really push at all i guess is the big factor here Yeah, it's interesting because that's kind of the opposite of, I feel like, how their society has always been, which is to teach, push them into, like, a salaryman position. Yeah. Live in your little box. Mm-hmm. Married and have one child. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and, and I'm not sure what it was that made them decide to do this, to, like, depict this on the American end. But it does create an interesting experience. Uh, yeah. Anything you want to say to the audience? No, you guys should. Next thing? You should play it. I let someone borrow it, and mm-hmm. that was a long time ago. And I'm not sure he's played it at I'll all. I'll be there in a minute. I think he said his roommate played it or something. But uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's got a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot it's... of charm to it. Oh wait, we got to talk about Erica. You yeah. know, you know the deal with Erica, right? She looks like she works at McDonald's. She's a trans person. Is she? Yep. I didn't know that. How did you know that? Um, I found out after the fact. I think I was reading up on the endings. Um, I don't think the uh, there's hints here and there, but they don't make sense till they only make sense in retrospect. Um, I think the big one is in the uh, K. Catherine in the uh, I can't remember if it's in both the good and the true ending or just the true ending. Uh, you see. Uh, Toby lamenting after he finds out Erica's uh, used to be a guy. 
<laughs> because um, she was his first. It <laughs> <laughs> huh. well, there's a there's a big hint, but it it just confused me at the time. In that um, near the end of the game, Erica admits that she's started having the nightmares too. Huh. And it's kind of like a technicality type deal because. Uh, She's having the nightmares because in the eyes of uh, that fertility god that uh, boss serves, she's keeping Toby from having a family and making babies on account of she literally can't have children. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I guess I got nothing more to say about Kevin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you feel it changed uh, your perception of life or anything? Did you gain any insight about women are dating from it um not really it was nice to see like characters in my age range doing shit Mm -hmm. it makes me wish i had like a bar and some like drinking buddies (laughs) because that aspect of it seemed really enjoyable yeah i've only been with you with to a bar with you like a couple times when Phil was here. Yeah, and you don't drink. Yeah. But yeah, great game. Yeah, it's very unique, very distinctive. I, I wish like more people would uh, crib from it or just play it. <sighs> well, uh, are we going to talk about recommendations? Um, Sure, one sec. Slash what you've been playing. Recommendations. Let me think. Uh, I kind of got nothing. You haven't been playing anything? Not much. I mean, I was playing Catherine in preparation for whatchamacallit. Um, mm. Yeah, I've been pretty poor. <laughs> I've been wanting to find something to play, but yeah, I'm so goddamn broke. I guess I played Tag 2 a little bit, but I think we've already talked about that. Yeah. I played that a little bit recently, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a friend over. We played a little bit of Fight Night. Mm-hmm. Some of that. A little Street Fighter Alpha. Ah, Alpha. Alpha's uh, good, but it's also where I fell off. Too combo-y. Street, Street Fighter Alpha 3, rather, I mean. Yeah. Um, I feel like we played something else, but yeah. Um, <coughs> uh, I've been playing. Uh, you know, everybody's on, still on this Pokemon Go shit. Mm-hmm. I've been playing Ten Ten on my phone. What's that? It's just this ten by ten grid, and you get different like blocks that are shaped differently, and you have to make lines, and then the mm-hmm. lines clear, and then if there's you don't have enough room for all of the pieces you get three at a time then you lose mm-hmm. so i like that it's pretty fun but i've been playing a lot of tap my katamari <laughs> it's got all the charm of katamari damashi except you tap and then you like you uh get cousins to help you roll and then you can upgrade your cousins and you get lots of coins it's all about getting coins Get them coins, son. Shit ton of coins. And then you get stars and you upgrade and so you can get more coins and roll faster. And uh, it's pretty. 
And it's a nice little distraction every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you upgrade your cousins so they can keep rolling for you while you're not playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's it. I see. A little bit of Pokemon Go here and there, but it's not really sticking with me. I'm, I'm realizing I'm not like the type of person that I'm not going to go out, especially not on my own hunt for Pokemon, like especially not in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the... One of the biggest things for me is it drains the fuck out of my battery, so I kind of yeah do it a lot. Yeah, I've got to do some like arcane ass wizardry to get it to work. I've got to like turn it on with my Wi-Fi and then turn on Google Maps and then go outside and then switch my Wi-Fi off. And the problem there is like it won't run without Google Maps on in the background, and both of those drain the battery like you wouldn't believe. Huh. So I can't really do go out and do a whole lot of like I can't go out there and hunt. That's like weird. Yeah. But yeah, actually, there's a Poké stop across the street from me. If I go, we have a couch in our driveway. If I go sit on the couch, I can hit the Poké stop. That's pretty good. I got a gym up the hill from me that I've been wanting to tackle. <laughs> I'm not sure if I said this already on a previous episode, but my friend got threatened with a knife while he was Pokemon hunting. Really? Yeah, he was trying to take a gym underneath the uh, the overpass by his house, and there was mm-hmm. a homeless lady, and she threatened him with a knife. And uh, so he called the cops on her. Mm-hmm. They came and took her away. Yeah. Jeez. Let's see, have I been playing anything else? Um, I guess when I was up in Megalia with my family, I played a little bit of the Spec Ops on Modern Warfare 3 with my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's pretty fun. Always a good time. Uh, he has less of a tolerance for it than I do, though, so he was like, after a bit, he was like, ah, yeah, I'm bored with this. But, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. We've gone on for plenty long. Um, I can recommend something. Uh, just something. I haven't necessarily played it. Been played it recently, but I'm gonna start playing it due to some other shit we talked about on another show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samurai Showdown. Ah. Uh, uh, how much of that have you played? Just a little bit. My mom used to go to an Alano club and they had a machine, so I would play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm somewhat familiar. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try and run through as many of them as possible. Maybe that can also be some YouTube content. But uh, from what I hear, too, is the best one. It's uh, weird to say that a game by a Japanese company is very Japanese, but it, it's just kind of reveling and all that people find cool about samurais and chambara films and all of that good shit it's uh pretty well animated has some interesting mechanics um i've played one bits of three i think the most i've played of any of the games is four that's pretty good (laughs) it's kind of like samurai showdown one like did the fusion dance with street fighter alpha 3 Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's definitely something worth playing. Cool. Okay, where can we find out more about you and your 
Steez. Yeah. Uh, my show's about anime because uh, Mike got to the 90s and Joe got to video games before I could do anything. Um, so if you're interested in that crap, maybe you're like an old Taku like me, you can uh, check out the old Taku Connection. Uh, it's on all of our shit. HeyListenRadio.com The SoundCloud SoundCloud.com slash HeyListenRadio We got a Facebook. We got a Twitter. We're on iTunes, Android, and Google Play. SoundCloud. I did say SoundCloud. I started with okay. that. Uh, yeah. And uh, if you happen to want to talk with me directly, I am occasionally on Twitter. <laughs> At Old Taku Connect. Yeah. Start talking to him so he'll use it and figure out how to use it. Yeah. Um. So I'm currently to get the the substitute host for this show, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll be posting when I update this show on NAGP Returns on Twitter. But uh, if you want me and all my opinions and musings and business related to my show or the 90s in general or random shit I'm at hyper 90s on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, you can follow I think he already said hey listen radio on Twitter mm-hmm. but, uh, my show is about the 90s and we already talked about how that's uh, very slow on the updates right now so mm-hmm. yeah um, I think that's about it for that. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, what kind of final thought you would like to give? Uh, if you've got the money for it, I'd say uh, put some money down on Nintendo. Mm. I think it'll pay off. That's if they don't stop fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, also just pissing me the hell off. Um... Yeah, things seem to be going well in the world of games otherwise, which is mm-hmm. nice. Progression, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, we'll see next week if any of that changes. Mm-hmm. What about you, Pangelina? Good talk. That was a lot. Yeah. See y'all next week, hopefully. When we put a little eggnog in your face. Yeah.